0: is good all the time. and all the time. It's a pleasure for me again to be here bringing God's word this morning. If you can open up your Bible or switch it on on your mobile iPad uh, in Matthew chapter 6, we will meditate and share God's word from verse 25. To verse 34 Matthew chapter 6 from verse 25 to verse 34 But before we start let's again ask the Holy Spirit to help us this morning for us to be able to communicate and receive God's word, not as a word of man, but as a word of God that is able to save our soul and to give us the inheritance among the saints. Let's pray. Father, once again, we bless your name for the privilege of your word. I pray, Lord, as I speak, you will teach and you will use my voice to bring comfort to the broken heart to bring hope to those that are fainting their faith, to restore our souls and to glorify your name. Father, you have a point to make to each one of us this morning. Therefore, as I speak, let your spirit illuminate your word and give us the understanding we need And a heart that will receive your word, not as a word of men, but as your word who is able to save our souls and to give us the inheritance among the saints. Will you glorify your name this morning in and through the ministry of your word and in and through the power of your spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. In our Discipleship's uh, one-to-one group, we always emphasize and encourage people to discuss this book, What is the Gospel? And in chapter six of this book, page 86, Greg Gilbert makes one statement that helped me in the preparation of this message. He says the following, The Christian life is not just about making sure you avoid God's wrath. Far from it. It's about being in right relationship with God and ultimately enjoying Him forever. That is to say, it is about gaining what we cannot lose. Meaning, becoming a citizen of his eternal kingdom. The topic of the kingdom of God is spoken very thoroughly through God's word. And this message forces everyone that hears make a decision and revaluate everything you thought you knew about the world, about yourself and even about God and involves a radical reorganization of our priorities and values. Everyone that comes in contact or hears the communication of the gospel of the kingdom is called to respond in repentance, or even in hardening the heart, if they don't accept the invitation that Jesus makes in Matthew chapter four, verse seventeen. Jesus says, "Repent, because the kingdom of heaven is near; is at hand." Jesus spoke and teach more about the kingdom of God more than anything else in his word. The kingdom of God was the heartbeat of his mission and a message that everything else flows out from it. The fact is that he brought back the kingdom of God to the earth will force us today And everyone later on that comes to contact with the message of the kingdom, again, to reevaluate priorities in life. And in the section of the sermon or of the text that we are uh, basing our uh, message today, Jesus teaches his disciple to live without worry and to set a priority in seeking the kingdom of God. This section is part of a broader section of Matthew Gospel, which is known as the Sermon of the Mount, on the Mount, which goes from chapter 5 to chapter 7 in the book uh, or in the Gospel according to Matthew. So the question that I want you or I want us. And God is inviting us to think today is what are our priorities in life? Where you are seated, what are your aspirations and goals in life? But I want us to focus in this question. Can you say sincerely and honestly That you are seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness in your life first? Can you in your conscience sincerely say and answer this question before God? Are you seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness first? My prayer this morning is... As we deal with these words from our Lord to us, we will not harden our heart, but we will be willing to reevaluate the priorities in our lives. Will you stand with me as we read Matthew chapter 6 verse 25-25? To 34, please. That says the word of God. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? Much more clothe you, all you lit, all you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we wear? For the Gentile seeks after all these things, and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. That's the word of God. You may be seated. My first point this morning is for us to see from this text what God, what Jesus Christ is commanded us not to do. That's my first point, what not to do. Verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. This word anxious over there can be translated also as care or concern. And many of us, we can have legitimate concern in our lives. But the way God, Jesus, is putting this word, he is talking about a sinful anxiety where a legitimate concern that can become an over concern and a sinful anxiety but what Jesus is concerned in this case has to do also with what he said in verse 24 you need to look with me in your bible he says there in verse 24 no one can serve two masters For either he will hate the one and love other, or he will devote to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve who? God and and money. So the do not be anxious in verse 25 has more to do with our ability to provide for ourselves. Jesus, of course, is not advocating here for us to have a life without responsibility or concern to provide for ourselves, for our needs, or even for the material needs of others. What Jesus is saying here is forbidding the over-concern, or in another words, us trusting in our ability to provide for our needs rather in his ability to provide for us when we think that our pockets and our bank accounts is the source of our peace and contentment is then the hook that Jesus is saying don't get that hook in your life that will bring you anxiety you will be preoccupied only to get money to provide for for your needs and this is what jesus is saying for us not to do for us not to be anxious for what for the basic needs of our lives see what jesus is putting there he's saying don't be anxious with what you will eat you will drink or you will put on your body brothers and sisters jesus is focusing in the basic needs of our lives he is trying to say to us for us not to put our strength only to get money to provide for our lives this is indeed the preoccupation of many but as we come to his kingdom the bible is saying that he as a king will take care of us and we will see this Remember that I said in the beginning that this portion that we are reading is part of the Sermon of the Mount. And this, in this sermon, God, or oh Jesus Christ, is opening up to His disciple how we need to live in God's kingdom. And one thing that we are invited to do, or we are commanded to do here... In the kingdom of God is for us not to have anxiety in our hearts for what we will eat, for what we will drink, and for what we will wear. And then, my second point, Jesus gives then two illustrations to reinforce his argument on why we don't need to be anxious. Verse 26 to verse 30. Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Verse 26. Jesus is calling the disciples to look to the nature and see how the heavenly Father provides for the birds of the air. He is not trying to say here that we could not or wish all the disciples should not work. The point that Jesus is making here is in the the aspect that the heavenly father feeds them all. And see at the end of verse 26, Jesus said, Are you not of more value Than they, Jesus wants to secure the word or the faith of his disciples for them to trust in their heavenly father who gives to the birds and will much more give for them that have entered in that relationship, in that covenant, in the kingdom of God with him. Brothers and sisters, that's the same assurance that Jesus Christ wants us to have. See how he portrays God in this case. He calls God what? Heavenly Father. This text is one of the texts that I learned to say that God is a good father and he knows how to take care of his children. And this text is proving that. If God gives food to the birds, he will give food to his children. And he says, because of that, do not be anxious. And he says in verse 27, look, if you are anxious, what good that anxiety will do in, you, in your life? Can you add one more hour in your life by being anxious? by being preoccupied can you add one more day in your life he's saying in verse 27 that it is useless for us to be anxious and then he continues and give the second argument the second illustration from verse uh, 28. And why are you anxious about clothing? He says now, considers the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon is in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, pay attention, Will he not much more clothe you, all you, of little faith? Jesus now, in this second example or illustration, is touching in the problem that his disciples, they have. What is the problem? He says at the end of verse 30. Will he not much more clothe you, or you of little faith? Our problem is our problems in the same way the disciples they had is to trust God in His word. Is trusting Him in what He declares and say to us. He said that he will take care of us. He is not God or a man to lie. He will take care of us. What he says that he will do, he will do it. Can you trust him? Can we trust him? Why it is important for him to say these words to us today? Because instead of us seeking God's kingdom, we are seeking our comfort and ability to have money in our pockets to live a good retirement life. Because instead of seeking God's kingdom, we think that everything that we need in this life comes from the power of getting money. And we do everything in our lives to get that money and we forget the kingdom of God. then it comes my third point this morning is what do we need to do what is the antidote or remedy that Jesus is giving this passage for our anxiety Jesus says in verse 34 therefore 31 sorry therefore do not be anxious saying What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Why? Two reasons. First, for the Gentiles seek after all these things. These Gentiles, again, is the word that God, Jesus, is using here to say the Gentiles are preoccupied of providing for themselves. The gentiles are preoccupied for getting money. Why? Because gentiles are those people that do not know God as they are heavenly father. But for you that knows that God is your heavenly father, you must know that he knows That you need all these things. What do you need now? This morning? If you are part of God's kingdom. I'm here to tell you that our God is a good father. And he knows how to take care of you. But you need to trust him. Our father in heaven is a good father and he knows how to take care very well of you but you need to trust him we need to trust him jesus goes ahead and then said look Stop doing what the Gentiles do. Those that they don't have their heavenly father. Those that don't know that God is their heavenly father. Because your father in heaven knows that you need these things. But he goes ahead and says, what do we need to do? Verse 33. But, if we had another English teacher this morning would say that this but is a conjunction that will try to say something else that the first sentence would say. You could say it like this, don't be anxious, but seek first what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Jesus is setting for all his disciples, not only the one present in this Sermon of the Mount, but for me and for you today and for everyone that will accept the invitation to come to the kingdom of God in and through the blood of the King, he is setting for all of us a priority. What is our priority if we are disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. Only one. Which is what? Seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. A primary concern with material needs is the characteristic of the Gentiles. The disciples by constant contrast realize that his father knows that you need everything and his faith assures him that he both can god can and will provide for for them and verse 33 says that this verse is the climax of everything that we are seeing here today Our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, is trying to direct our attention for us consistently seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. The word seek means to pursue. The word seek needs to give all ourselves to devote serious effort to realize one's desire or objectives. It means to strive for, to, to aim at, to try, to obtain, to desire, to wish. Are you in honest answer Seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness first. The Bible says here that this kingdom of God is for us as believers to be seeking with all our hearts, to be striving with all our strength, with all our desire. But what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is only the redemptive rule and reign of our love and, and sovereign God who exercised that rule and reign over his own people. As we come to our Lord Jesus Christ, as Greg Gilbert says, we don't just enter or we are not just saved from the wrath of God and and receive the forgiveness of our sin. But the point of our Christian life is for us to become citizens of his eternal kingdom. He uses the inform becoming the citizen of his eternal kingdom meaning that it is a process it is a continuous process in our lives until jesus comes back the question is why because god's kingdom is where we are going as well The Bible says in the book of Revelation, showing us the course of this world and where we as a believer, we are going. The Bible says that in the kingdom of God, we will experience no more pain, no more sorrow. The kingdom of God is the end goal where every one of us, we will be. If. We believe in our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, by showing us the end, God now, Jesus Christ is now giving us some gas. For us, as we see the the end, we are now what? Pursuing it with all our heart. Guess what? That's why Jesus Christ said, when you pray, you pray like what? Our heavenly Father, our Lord be your, the next one, your kingdom. Why? Why? Because this is what God wants to see accomplished. God wants to come and reign in our lives completely, fully. Today, he is just having the control inwardly. And willing to come to this world and restore everything anew and reign forevermore. But for that, we are called to participate in this endeavor that God is pursuing. Brothers and sisters, I'm not suggesting here that we will not have concerns for any area other areas of our lives what I'm trying to say is that our commitment to God and to his kingdom should shape guide and govern every area of our lives Your decision as a family needs to be shaped, guided, and governed by the King of the Kingdom, by our Lord Jesus Christ. Our decision as a church must be shaped, guided, and governed by God's kingdom. Are we doing that as individuals? As a family and as a church. Today, I know that there are many and I understand that UAE is a place that when you work, they squeeze you till the end. And unfortunately, many families, many men, they don't have time to be with their families, to teach them God's word. We have sometimes people more concerned with their study, the studies of their children, rather of them knowing God's word. We pressure our children to study more and more, but we don't pressure them (laughs) to know God's word more and more. Paul says to Timothy, "Look." If you want to exercise and have six-pack, do it. It's good. But know that this exercise, it's only for this world. But godliness will be of your advantage in this world and in the eternity. Brothers and sisters, we need to seek God's kingdom first. So you can ask, Brother Pedro, but what this has to do with missions? And I want to conclude this there. Remember that I say that what we need to understand from this passage is that the kingdom of God must be the most important thing in our lives if we are believers. Does it to say that our commitment to God's kingdom, to God and to God's kingdom, should shape everything that we do in our day-to-day life, including your own job? I'm not here saying that you need to quit your job. No. But I'm here to tell you what Jesus says in Matthew 24. Open, please, over there for you to sit with your hands by yourself Matthew 24 verses 14 Jesus is saying that but before I read let me just give you the context the disciples are asking Jesus start talking about the end times And the disciples in verse 3, they ask Jesus, tell us when these things, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So they are talking about what is coming. And one of the things that Jesus is saying that will mark uh, the end of his coming is what now we will read in verse 14. Read with me. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then, what will, what will happen? The end will come. Jesus wants us as a church to participate in proclaiming the kingdom of God. As we proclaim the kingdom of God, he is getting ready to do what? To come and to take us home. Brothers and sisters, that's where this message of the kingdom goes with missions. You don't need to quit your job or to do seminary as brother Pedro to proclaim the kingdom of God. To proclaim the kingdom of heaven. Jesus just wants you in your workplace for you to shape your day-to-day in your workplace with the mentality, with the influence of God's kingdom. He wants you to see your students at school, if you are a manager, those below you as a soul that needs to know God's kingdom For you to do what? If not doing anything else, just for you to pray for them. For them to do what? To enter God's kingdom. Because if they don't, if they are not in God's kingdom, they will be forever in the dominion of darkness. Brothers and sisters, as a church, as a family, as individuals, We need to commit ourselves to God and to his kingdom so that everything we do should be shaped, governed, and guide every area of our lives. Let's think about this seriously, are you with all sincerity and honesty? seeking god's kingdom first and his righteousness in your life the righteousness that we have has a name is our lord jesus christ when the bible is teaching us for us to seek his righteousness it's only saying seek me why second second corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 The Bible says that he who knew not sin, he was what? Made sin. He became sin in order for for us to become what? The righteousness of our God. Today, the call that Jesus is having for you and me is that if we are in his kingdom, if we are his disciples, His idea, his desire needs to flame our way of living, our decisions as a family, as individuals, and as a church. Jesus said, I came to seek and save the the lost. This is what he is doing. And he is doing it today. But how? In and through us let me just finish and giving this, I believe, can be a punching point in what I'm saying, all right? We are studying the book of Acts, isn't it? And we, in our studies, we learn when you need uh, to, to do a full study of the book, you need to have the big picture of the book. And normally, the beginning and the end of the book is very informative about what the author of the book wants to say to us in the book. Go to Acts chapter one. Go to Acts chapter one. The gospel is starting in Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But see what the Bible says in verses, from verses 1 to 3, okay? And I'm reading from uh, ESV, verses 1 to 3, Acts. So in the first book of Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the holy spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen verse 3 he presented himself alive to them after the after his suffering and many proof and by many proofs appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about what the kingdom of god go to acts 28 End of the book of Acts. Acts eight twenty three. Okay, Act eight. 30. This is Paul, and we will discuss this. This is Paul already in Rome, and the Bible says that when they had appointed a day for him. They came to him at his lodging in greater numbers from morning till evening. He expounded them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Go to verse 30, Acts 28. Paul, he lived there two whole years. And at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him. Verse 31. Doing what? Proclaiming what? The kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. The disciples took this mission of communicating and spreading the kingdom of God seriously. And they did that in every opportunity they had, in every circumstances they had. Christ is calling us to use our works, our families, our church, our friendships, our relationship as a platform for us to do what? Communicating the kingdom of God. And you cannot talk about the kingdom of God without talking about the king of the kingdom who is our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is calling us as individuals, as as families, and as, as a church to commit ourselves to God and to his kingdom. And in doing so, it will shape and will guide and govern every area of our lives. And will give us peace that surpasses all understanding and taking all anxiety from our hearts because our father and our king, he loves you, he is a good father and he knows how to take care of you very well. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I know that we have a very huge group and needs of people that have listened to this word this morning. I pray, Lord, that anything that Satan wants to communicate and bring confusion, bring uh, resistance, harden of hearts, Lord, I pray in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, through the power of your spirit, that we, you will remove all activities of the enemies from our heart. So that indeed, O oh Lord, by your mercy, by your grace, you will open up our eyes for us to understand that you want us to participate with you in what you are doing in this world, O oh Father you want us to pray your kingdom come you want us to speak about the kingdom of God you don't want us to be occupied and preoccupied with the things of this world not calling us to be responsible but calling us to trust in you as the one that we provide for our needs lord will you glorify your name in our hearts by giving us faith more faith for us to trust in you in your word we pray all this, knowing that you are able to do exceedingly above anything that we can ask or think according to your power that is at work within us it is in Jesus name that we pray amen